This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. That's great. Do we have a lectern? Oh, good. Thank the Lord. As you can see, I'm getting older, so I need all the aids I can get. So there we go. Great. Please be seated. Thank you very much for that, uh, uh, Phil. And it's um, it's amazing. You know, you look back over your past and where you've been. Things that seem at the time okay, it happened. Carry on to the next thing. But there is something in that that uh, that what God is is doing uh, in these days. Uh, is the is for me has been fruit that not only in my own life but fruit in other people's lives that I now see coming to fruition. And um, could I have a light on over the? Could you put a light over the congregation? That's good. Because uh, I want to see if you're frowning at me. <laughs> thank you very much. That's great. Thank you. Um, but I I really want to thank the worship team. Thank you for what your choice. And um, I, I just couldn't get over it. I said, oh, wow, Lord, you, you know what's going on. So that's great. And uh, I just uh, really appreciate being here uh, with Margaret, my wife. And uh, before I go on to say anything, my, Margaret's going to come and share what the Lord has put on her heart. Thank you, Margaret. You're going to, oh, over there, right, okay. Good morning. It's so good to be together when you worship Jesus. There's nothing, absolutely nothing. I just thank you for the privilege of seeing friends old and new. And I just feel the Lord wants to say something to you this morning. He's already said it through your pastor but I believe sometimes it has to come to reinforce something truth second time he maybe has to say this to you because he want, doesn't want you to miss this because God is in this place amen so don't be afraid of the wind when it blows don't be afraid of his power and its strength but no i am the lord i am the lord who stands with be afraid when the ground shakes and the earth seems to crumble all around but know that I 
so don't be afraid of the fire that burns don't be afraid of the flames that you feel but know Standing with you For I am your rock And your strength And I'm calling you today To come out of the cave Because I want to speak with you I want to speak with you, just with you, just with you. But my voice is not in the storm, is not in the earthquake, and it's not in the fire that you see. great um <laughs> it's amazing yesterday i went for a walk uh, um up there's a, like a mountain ridge near where we live and um i just uh, uh, just quickly oh boy what time do you want me to finish Carry on, no, no, no. <laughs> well anyway but uh, okay you he said it <laughs> but there i was on this on this ridge of walking up and uh, trying to get fit and what have you and, uh, but I did, uh, a young man in the church in Bridgen that, I, that um, I'm working with, uh, the pastor there, and um, anyway, this young man, he, he said, did you know, he said, there was a revival in Pencord. I said, a revival in Pencord? Yes, he said. So he gave me the website and uh, that the whole history is recorded. And I thought, good, I've been living there for how long? 20-odd years? And didn't know that there was a revival in, in Pencord. Anyway, he tells me about the, the three young men that uh, went onto the top of this ridge. And uh, there's a place there called Black Rock. And Black Rock overlooks, you know, if you face one way, if you, you overlook, if you know, anybody knows where um, 
uh, rock wool is. You see the rock wool plant. And if you turn the other way, you can see uh, parts of Pencord. But anyway, um, it, it goes on that these young men, three young men, went and prayed. And uh, it touched me because years ago, when I first moved to Pencord and was pastoring, um, the, I would go up to these rocks and pray. And I, I just felt they had to go and do it, when the weather was fine, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, but I thought that was, that was tremendous. And um, I, I came to realize, and as I was walking, coming back, this is what I'm coming to, well, as I was coming back, walking down, I'm talking to the Lord, praying for Ammonford, praying for what, Lord, what is the, you know, that I just want to say what you want me to say. Um, the Lord unbeknown to Margaret, but gave me that exact word that she brought this just now. And I, and I felt, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, a big sigh of relief. So that, that, isn't that great? And I just, and what it tells me, and you sang a song, God is in this place. And if God is in this place, he wants to do something. And he wants to do it only through the pastor. No. He wants to do it through God's people. And there's something I see, and as I go around different churches, I look at the congregation, whether they're big, small, or whatever, it just, I just say, look at the potential that is in this, this room. And look at what God can do through his people. And there are people who are, and I want to say to you now, and I got a word of rebuke for you, you're going to get your butt kicked. Because God wants you to move and you're meandering around, you're drifting around. But God says, it's time to wake up. Because there's a people out there that are crying out. To know God. It's all very well knowing God in this place. It's wonderful to know, to come and have fellowship and, and to have great ministry and teaching and worship and, and everything else that goes with it and, and all the activities that you do. But you know what? Until it touches them outside, we've not touched anything. You know? But we have to have a heart that says, God, where am I in all of this? Where do I fit in all of this? You know, you know the Bible says that we are fitly framed together. And that's where we've got to be. We've got to say, God, where do you want me to fit in? Where do you want me to stand? Where do you want me to sit? Where do you want me to, to talk? What do you want me to say? Where do you want me to help? Where do you want me to, to minister to people? Through helps and through, and, you know, and just coming alongside somebody and saying, hey, I've been praying for you. You know? And I just, uh, as I was sitting there, the Lord just brought something to me that I just want to share with you. I want to say, speak to some of you who are struggling with the word. You know when you get those, those, uh, those sheets that say, you know, you've got to tick them off. I, I read so many verses or so many chapters. And I don't know about you, but I have struggled with those things. <laughs> but I came to realize in the last few years, it's not about the quantity of reading, it's the quality of your reading. And when I realized it was the quality of the reading, I found that I ended up reading more. Because I wanted to know, I, God would show me something, I'd be reading my daily reading, and i see something, I think, oh, what does the next bit say? And uh, I, I, just, I just want to say that to encourage you that, that, that sometimes you, you, we put burdens on ourselves that God never intended. Yeah. He, you know, it's, there is, we used to sing that old song years ago, there is joy in serving Jesus. That is until you went to church. 
But no, but God wants us to enjoy our, our walk. God wants to enjoy the journey. I don't want to look back over my life and think, oh man, that was tough. That was hard. I ended up doing this. I struggled. I tried to please the pastor. I tried to please this one and that one. I want to tell you, there's only one person we're going to please, and that's Jesus. And it's like that word says, whatever he says to you, do it. And if you haven't heard, you know, in the song this morning that Margaret brought, it's this thing, the way you're going to hear the voice, it's not in the much doing, it's in the stillness. That means to say you don't, it's not the place of where you don't do anything, but it's where you receive what God wants you to do. Yeah. And there's something about that that I feel that God is, is wanting to do in, 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 this, in this church and, and, in, and in this community. And uh, I, I, I was... I've had so much confirmation this morning. What I want to share with you, but I, I and um, yeah, it's it's just great. So anyway, let's cut to the chase, eh? And uh, and get it right. If we can put the first uh, first slide up, that'd be great. I leave you in charge. I do apologize for the graphics. I know there are some very graphic people here who would look at that and cringe. But anyway, it's uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> I only taught up to GCSE, all right? <laughs> so <laughs> so. But I want to speak uh, the, and share with you this morning about the prodigal son. Now, in, in the whole of Luke 15, um, we see that um, I was reading that uh, one day. And uh, uh, let me just get it here. And in Luke 15, you know, we, we read about the, the lost son, is it? Yeah, the lost coin, uh, the, lost, the lost coin, the lost son, and uh, the other one was other lost as well somewhere. Lost sheep, ah, oh, that's it, and um, <laughs> and uh, I I began to read those scriptures, and I read them many times, and I know you know I I could repeat them, but I read them in a different light. I didn't read it about and emphasize on the lost, but I emphasize. I, I looked at it again. I said, no, no, it's that is not the emphasis. The emphasis is about the restoration, yeah. and it's a chapter about restoration. And when you read it in that light, you just kind of get it. That God is a God of restoration. No matter what your past is, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And we say amen to that. But in that very act of seeking and, uh, out and to save them, he wanted to restore because that's what the gospel is all about. And that's why I love the gospel. It is so powerful on its own. It doesn't need to be added to. It doesn't need to be sort of glossed up kind of thing to, to make it more appealing. No, just say it as it is and see what God will do. And the seeds that are planted that will, that will yield a harvest. And this is what I believe that, that God is, 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 I think that you are going, as a fellowship, you're going to be going into. But I want to, I want to come and look at the, at the lost son. And um, um, how many of you know the story? Because I don't really want to read it all. You're all fairly familiar with it. Yes, you're all, sorry, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just learning how to turn, turn left. So <laughs> that's great. But um, anyway, but there's one thing, something that we, that we, we look at here. And um, that's perhaps you, you have had this experience or going through this experience or you, or you, you know, it's, we all go through stuff in life. And sometimes our response to the stuff that comes is not always what God wants. But yet, you know, even with what you shared this morning, uh, Phil, that, that God wants us to have a right attitude. You know? And uh, I, just, I, I just see that sometimes there's so many Christians out there. 
we got them wherever I go. There are, there are Christians. When I was pastoring in my st- in uh, in Kenfig Hill, when the church we were we were, I came, Margaret and I turned up and we became eight people. So we were there, John Marshall and myself, and uh, and and that's four. So there was another four locals, put it like that. But we went there and uh, and for about whatever it must have been over a year. We were just eight. The occasional visitor would come in, and that was it. And then God God spoke to us and. And, and uh, I said to the, to the ones that were from Kenfig Hill, I said, look, will you write down the name of every person that you can remember that has ever visited this church? And even if they're dead, it doesn't matter, or you don't know where they are, it doesn't matter, just write their name down. Well, it came to a list of 100. So I typed the names up, printed them, copied them, gave them out to us, we each had a copy, and I said, right, every day, lay your hands on it and pray, God restore God restore. And if there's a name you recognize, like zoom in on it and, and just pray for that family because you know, you know, you know them or have knowledge of them. And you know, from that moment on, the church began to grow. The wonderful thing that happened was this. We were praying for people that were kind of connected through family relationship. And what we saw, one family, all the children came in and gave their hearts to the Lord. Now, it took about a year or two, two years. But they did come. They, the, daugh- the daughters got saved. The sons-in-law got saved. The children then began, was growing up. They too got saved. And so the church began to grow. And we saw people coming in. And people were walking in and said, we had one about, oh, this is going back uh, early part of last year. And she came into the church and we said, oh, hello, nice to meet you. Where are you? you know, where are you from? All this kind of thing. And uh, she said, and... Uh, and uh, we were, I was trying to introduce, you know, to, like, if it's a lady, we introduce them to a lady. So I, 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 I said, do you know Mary? I think because she was local. I said, do you know this lady? Do you know Mary? Mary? Oh, I knew her when she was that high. I said, how come? Well, this used to be my church. Going back when she was a young lady. And it's surprising, you know, that there are people in Wales, and I've come to this understanding that there are people in Wales that have connections that go way back but they're not following the Lord they have no but I believe that there is a that there is a stain on them if you like there is a there is something also rather there is something in their DNA their spiritual DNA that God by the Holy Spirit can come down can touch and 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 do a work of restoration and what I, I just would encourage you, pray for, for, you know, you spoke about loving the community. Ruth shared about that. And I, I, just, I just ask you, pray with this understanding. Lord, they're out there. Just lead me to them. Let's see a restoration. Let's see a restoration and see uh, how, what God will do. And so as we come into the scriptures, Romans 15, 4 says, For what things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And so as, I, as you read scripture, say, Lord, what is it you want to teach me out of the scripture? What is it you wanna, you're trying to say to me? And so we see with this young man, the first thing that happened to him was rebellion came into his heart. He says, I, he went to his father and he said, he said Father, I want everything that, that is mine and I'm going away and I'm going to do my own thing. How many people do you know have tried to do their own thing? Yeah. <laughs> do their own thing. And the thing about the rebellion is this. It always, you know, if you're a, you're a Christian, be careful of, the, of a rebellious spirit and a rebellious heart. Because it, you might say, well, it's taking me away from the church. No, it's not taking you away from the church. It's taking you away from the Father. 
And that's what, and that's what happened to this man, his, this son. And so he took his decision. He made a decision. And some, some perhaps I'm, I, I, I'm, tr- I'm going to rescue one or two this morning, but I'm going to say the decision you made in the week is the wrong decision. Give it up, walk away from it, and come back to the Father. He forsook his habitat. He, he, he forsook the place which was home to him, which was right place for, her, for him. And so he asks, he says in verse 11, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so the father said, yes, son, okay, I'll do that. But the father's heart was grieving. And sometimes you ask God for things, and sometimes you ask, ask for things, and God says, okay, you want it? You can have it. Some of you well know, you know well, and some of you have got testimony of decisions you made which got you into a far deeper pit than you, you thought you could, you could ever know. But I want to say to you, God is a God of restoration. He has not cut you off. He has not forgotten you. But God wants to restore you back into his family and if you're there this morning and if you have that sense about you that as i'm as i'm speaking that i pray the holy spirit will come because we don't want no one lost we don't want no one lost i want i I just i'm just thinking there are such lovely people that were once in church once following the lord lovely beautiful people and something happened somebody got upset somebody got offended somebody got got dismayed put their confidence in in whatever, whoever, and, and they say, oh, well, I, I didn't like what they did to me. I'm off. You know, I say to them, well, do you think you might have offended God? What has Jesus got to say about it? And so we see that, that there was something that came to him in his rebellion. He made a decision. Give me what belongs to me. I'm off. I'm going to do my own thing. The next thing he did was his determination. Now, not many days after, verse 13 says, the younger son gathered all together. He said, I'm determined to do this. Do you know, you know, you get some real stubborn Christians. I'm going to do it anyway. I, you know, as a pastor, you counsel. You counsel people. There's a story of a young man who goes to see the pastor. And he goes to the pastor, and uh, he was a young man, and uh, he got saved, part of the youth and that. And uh, he goes to the pastor, and he said, uh, he said, he said, I'm off. He said, he said, I- I've had enough. He said, I, I can't do this, this, this right, because you know there was the world was pulling on him and wanting him uh, to go the way of the world. Um, and uh, so the pastor thought, oh, what am I going to say to him? What am I going to say to this man now? He's this young man. What am I going to say? And uh, he, he, the pastor thought, and he prayed. He said, oh, Lord, what do, what do I say, Lord? Because he is a, a good, he's a good young man, and Lord, he has many strengths, but, you know, he, he's on, the, on, his, on his journey, uh, uh, on his walk as a Christian. So he, 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 pour, he says, as I'm off, he said, I'm, I'm giving up. I don't want any of this Christian stuff, that's it. The pastor then said to him, well, hey, what, uh, um, um, how did you become a Christian? Well, he said, you know. No, no, he said, you tell me how you became a Christian. Well, he said, I, I, I knelt down, he said. I, 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 asked the, I asked the Lord to forgive me and to grant me the forgiveness of sins, he said, and, and to come into my heart and to come into my life. And uh, he said, I, and, I, and, and, and I became a Christian. Very good, says the pastor. Right, said the pastor. Now we're going to, I'd like you to pray again. And he said, what, what do I pray? And he said, I want you to kneel down and together, this is what you're going to pray. Thanks, Jesus but no thanks. 
That's a tough one, isn't it? Because he's not throwing away his Christian life. He's throwing away eternity. You see, sometimes we take our Christian life and we just think it's a fickle thing. When we receive Jesus into our hearts, we think that we can, we, we, can we, we know and we recognize that not only are we saved by grace, but we come into his kingdom, we come under his lordship, we come under his, under his word, we come under his direction, that when you come into the kingdom of God, that, 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 that there are rules and regulations whereby we must, must abide too, according to the word of God. And as we grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that, that God wants us to understand that he's not into playing church. He's not into playing church. He's into building church. And you can't build with a fickle mind. You can't build with someone who's in one day and gone the next day. Who, who don't know, who, who treat the things of God very lightly, who treat what they said about making a commitment to Jesus Christ and receiving the forgiveness of sin. You and I were redeemed by a great cost. The Son of God should come down, take on our humanity, and, and to die upon a cross in our stead that we might know eternal life. How great is that cost? Some Christians don't even get it. And we need to get it. Because sometimes we're so fickle. I was, one, I was a fickle one. I used to be very fickle. <laughs> Reminds me of one time, he's saying to me, you've got to go to church. I don't want to go to church. You've got to go to church. I don't want to go to church. Uh, I, I don't want to go. I've had enough. I, I don't want to go to church. Then they turned around to me and said, you've got to go to church. You're the pastor. <laughs> but sometimes we can be like that. Oh, let's, uh, you know, what I knew in my heart is to see strong Christians, not in strength of, oh, I'm going to, you know, you're going to get this gospel whether you like it or not. But you're going to go up to people being led by the Holy Spirit and saying, Okay, Lord. Because what we have to come to is a place of trust the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Do you trust the Holy Spirit? And you say, oh, I tried once and I went, you know, I made a fool of myself. You've got to be in that place of stillness. There's too much going on up here when there needs to be more going on down here. You know? And so, we, I, I just, uh, just saying these things because I believe that the potential in this room right now and in the children next door and that you're, the way you behave and conduct yourself before the children sets the, sets the parameters and sets the guidance and sets the limits and sets uh, uh, the order and the, and, and, and the dignity of living a Christian life that they observe you and say, oh, I can do that. I can come and go as I please. They, it's all learned behavior. When I was in teaching in, in school in Swansea, I went to one of these seminars, and uh, they had this top uh, psychologist uh, lady actually talking, and she described a situation that was going on where a young child was, was when handed to a woman, would do the wrong thing, would fondle their breasts. And this child was like seven years of age. And the question to us was, what went wrong? And they all came out with their bits and pieces and said that 
And, and I just simply said, I'm not saying it for my glory, but I said it. He learned it from somewhere. And what turned out was that there were men that would go to the house and go to her, the mother, and just because the child was like a seven-year-old, it completely think nothing is, no, nothing gone, we can do it. And they would do it, and that's what they would do to the mother. You see, we've got to look at the way we conduct our lives. We have to listen. We've got to listen out and say, oh, God, I've got issues in my life. I've got things in my life that I know, Lord, you want to put right. But the thing is, if we don't have a prayer like that, we'll end up like, this, like the prodigal son. We'll go so far because this is one thing God says. You know, one thing about God, he will not go where he's not welcome. He may, you may, you know, I'm thankful that I had a mother that prayed for me. I'm thankful that I have a wife that prayed for me. I'm thankful now today that I've got children who pray for me. I've got grandchildren who pray for me. And it, you know, it's such a strength. And I, and I just, and I, I just see it. And Margaret and I, we pray for our kids and we pray for like, for the next so many generations of, of children that will follow, that they will follow the Lord. And it's and so this 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 young man he had determination and then he had a direction. Uh, the direction was he journeyed into a far country. In other words, I'm getting as far away from this Christian life as far as much as I can. I can get as far away from God as I can do, because I've got everything I need. He became self-sufficient. He lacked nothing. He had all the wealth that his father gave him. And journeyed into a far country, but then it says in verse four that he wasted his possessions. With reckless living. Where are we? Slide number three, four. Journey. Next one. There we go. And there wasted his possession, the prodigal, with, with, with prodigal living, reckless living. That's what prodigal means. And so we see that he, he set his destiny. He set his compass. He set where he was going. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go, and I'm going to be good at what I'm going to do. And boy, was he good at what he did. And, but, and then we go on to see that, that we see that a decline occurs. Slide five, next one. Five, yes. no. There we go. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Oh, here it comes. Here's the slippery slope. Here it comes. Oh, he had all the wealth. He had the life. He had all the friends. And as long as he had the money, uh, he, he had friends. But then we see what, 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 what came about, his decline. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. I don't know if there's anyone here this morning, perhaps your spiritual life is dried up. Because in your heart, You've left Father's house, the house of communion, the house of fellowship, the house of, of, of receiving strength and giving strength. Yes. And so we, we, can, we can be like that. But you know what? In these days, I believe God is, re is ready to burst out upon Wales. I believe that God is ready to, to burst out, but he's got to get his people in alignment. He's got to say, and he's so, God sends people like me along to churches to say this kind of stuff. It's time to, 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 to wake up and to get in alignment with what God is wanting us to do. Because you'll never know your purpose until you get into alignment with God. 
Some of you have got fantasy, you know, you've got fantasy things going on in, in your head. Oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I remember when I was a youth leader up in Edinburgh and uh, in the church there, and we had this youth, and we had this one guy, and, and we used to go down the streets and, and in front of the, the university uh, halls of residence type places, you know. Um, and we'd go there, down there, we'd, we'd start and we'd preach the gospel, sing and, and, and that, tambourines, you know, those things. They're coming back, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> but they, it's, um, it, he was there, but this guy, oh, man, he had a voice on him, and he would shout up, and he made this statement. And he said, he said, he said, I can, you know, you take the scripture, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. And he said, he said, I can, I can stand in front of a bus, he said, and I can command it to stop. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's great. That's, that's good. So I pulled him aside and I, I said, why did you say that? Well, he said, I can do all that. I said, go try it. <laughs> you know, we have, we have people in the church when I was pastoring in my stake. This, you know, the church was growing. It was great. We had good. The children's work was great. The youth work was great. Everything was great. But I used to have this one lady and she'd come up to me with revelation. She had more revelation than the Pope. And, and, and there was hardly a Sunday would go by where she would come and say, Pastor, can I have a word with you, please? And I go, yeah, listen. And I go, okay, fine, fine. Thank you for sharing it. Go off. And, but she came to me this one day and she said, uh, Pastor, she said, see that man on the, back, on the back of the church, on the very back row? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. He's demon-possessed, you know. I said, he is? Whoa, I said. Now, I knew this guy. He was a, a local tramp. Really, uh, had a bit, he was a bit of a character in the community. And uh, so I, I, I said, so I, 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 I turned to the Lord. I said, Lord, is that right? You know, that's me. That's how I talk to the Lord. Somebody says something to me. I turned to God and I say, Lord, is that right? <laughs> and um, so I, I found it. So I turned back to her and I said, look, I said, you've had the revelation. You go and deal with it. Do you know I, she never came on to me after that? Do you know what I'm saying about living a fantasy Christian life? If God, you know, if uh, I, <laughs> I got to apologize to Ruth if my, if my comments came back to you in my text are, are sort of a bit hard when you asked me the question. Um, uh, and I, I wrote in there, I said, if God don't tell me, I don't know. Now we need to own up to that. If, we, if God doesn't tell you, you don't know. Admit it. Yeah. We don't know all things. Yeah. He does, but we don't. Right. And God shares with us. And what I discovered is like with that, you, you quoted that time when I met you in the McDonald's. You know, the Lord spoke to me in the morning, told me that I was going to meet him. I said, okay, fine, great. I was going, I, uh, it was about the time, and I thought, oh, it's, it's coffee time. So I thought, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, there was a new Starbucks open, so I thought, I'll go to the new Starbucks. So I, I went around, down the roundabout right by it. So I go, I come to this roundabout, and I can feel the Lord saying, like nudging me, well, almost slapping me. And uh, I, I'm, as I'm coming, approaching the roundabout, I Lord said, no, 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 no. I hear this, no, no, no. And so I, I go into the roundabout sort of kind of confused, you know. And anyway, I, I, I went around the roundabout twice, I think. I went around the roundabout once, twice. And uh, I turned off and I said, okay. So I said, oh, I'll go to McDonald's. I do like McDonald's coffee as it happens. And uh, I went there and who walked in like 10, 15 minutes later was Philip. 
and we sat there for three hours. He got a ticket, I didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> did you get? I don't know. Did you get it back? I had to pay forty-two <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry for. <laughs> yeah, but the reward. <laughs> there you go. But. You know what? It's, it's something like that, that we as God's people have to come into alignment with what God's purpose is for this locality. It's all very well, you know, uh, Margaret and I have been listening to some, uh, some videos of, uh, you know, the uh, YouTube stuff on different preachers. And um, we were listening to a guy called Jeremy Foster. Is it? Yeah, Jeremy Foster. Great, great guy talking, part of Elevation Churches. And um, anyway, it was, it was great. Enjoy that. T.D. Jakes, I found something on T.D. Eight minutes long. Blessed the socks off me. I thought, oh, this is good. Anyway, but, um, but the, 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 this is the thing about alignment. You, you'll not, you will not know your purpose in the kingdom until you align yourself with the will of God. And so let's just, perhaps some of you need to back off a bit. You're so intense. You're so st- all strung up. You know, it reminds me of a time when we were in Edinburgh, Margaret and I, we, we, we uh, lived there in the fir- first few years of our married life, and uh, we used to pick up a lady called Isabel, and uh, we'd pick her up to go to midweek meeting, and, um, and we had a little, uh, small little bubble car type thing, anyway, or when, was it that we had then? I can't think so, yeah. Anyway, she would go into the back and sit there and... And, and as we drive into church, <coughs> we get all the niceties over with about this, that, and the other. And then she'd come out with this, often enough for me not to forget it. Because she would come out to me and say, oh, you know, Pastor, uh, she, uh, not Pastor then, but she said, you know, David, she said, I think the Lord wants me to die more, die more. And that's all we had was die more. Every Wednesday I knew what was coming. Oh, I need to die more, die more. And I, and I, and I had had enough, you know. I just, I, I said... I don't know if it was revelation or just my flesh. I turned to her and I said, Isabel, for goodness sake, hurry up and die. (laughs) And there's something about that, you know, that sometimes we go on about things. Oh, I'm this, I'm that, and all the other things. And there's no fruit in it. There's nothing comes of it. There's nothing achieved through it. It's just you picked up on something that somebody else said, and you're taking hold of it, and you're saying, this is how it's going to be because he said it or she said it, and I'm going to do it. And, you know, if God hasn't said it, you don't know. And so we see this man, he declined, in, the, in, the, in the decline, the severe famine that came, and he began to be in want. He had, all of a sudden, from his position of wealth, he now became a man that, that he had want in him, that he, had, that he realized that the money had gone out, and now he was in need. And this led to his depravity. And, it's, and it says there in verse 15, his decline, uh, number seven, I think we're at now. Are we? Yes. Yeah. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Sometimes, you know, perhaps you're feeling like that. You're in, you're in a situation you can't get out of. You, you put yourself in that position, by the way. It wasn't 
another person or another pastor or the, the pastor or whatever or somebody. No, you, you put yourself in that position. But I want to tell you, you know, we serve a God who's full of mercy and love and grace. And, and this is why we go out to tell others about Jesus, because we, have re, we too have received that grace, that love, and that mercy. And we do it. And so we see that he, he, it says that he went and joined. That word joined is like glue. He joined himself like glue. In other words, I'm in a bad situation where at least I got pigs for company, and at least I could eat their food if, if push comes to shove. And his situation became a prison. Are you in a prison today because of decisions that you made, wrong decisions, because you didn't align yourself to the word of God? You didn't align yourself, to the, align yourself to the purpose of God? But in that moment, now this is a parable. Jesus is trying to get us to understand something here. It's written for our learning. But in his prison, he remembered Next slide. Thank you. But when he came to himself, he said, he remembered about his father. How many of my father's hired servants are bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? He came to himself. The same mind that took him away from the father because he said, I want all that I got. I made a decision in my mind. I'm going to take it away. I'm going to go away with what uh, everything that belongs to me and I'm going to live the life I want to do because he made a decision. But when he came to himself, his mind, he realized. And some, sometimes, you know, you know do, you, do you ever often get it that sometimes you're in a sticky place and, or sometimes you're in perhaps just like him, you're in a place that you, you regard as a prison? But when he came to himself, his mind, he admitted his situation and he remembered where he had come from. He had left the presence of the Father. And so we see that restoration takes place. He remembered. He was in the wrong habitat. And so he made a decision to return where he belonged. He knew that he knew that he knew. You know, knowledge based upon truth created within him a conviction which resulted in an action. I trust this morning that what I am sharing with you, I trust this morning that if you kind of say, well, I can identify with some of what you're saying, David, um, you've got to come to a decision that will result in an action or you'll stay exactly where you are. You see, you can have all the revelation and you can know everything and backwards and forwards and, and that. But, but if you're not moving in, and you're not in relationship with the Father, that you're going to end up in a prison. But here he came to a place. The, 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 knowledge, the knowledge that he had, he said, things would be better off if I was a servant with my, in my father's house. Knowledge based upon truth created within him a conviction. Have you got any conviction with regards to the, to the fact that you're a child of God? Oh, I know I'm a child of God when the worship gets it right. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. This morning, oh, I was there. I was, I was there. Oh, great. Fantastic. And sometimes we can be as fickle as that. But God wants a church that has strong people. They that know their God shall do exploits. That's the word. And it's things I believe that in Ammonford, that God wants to do exploits, not only in the church, but out on the street. 
And I was so pleased when I heard the announcement about going out about loving, about loving Ammonford, because that was one thing I wrote on, on, well, we'll come to it towards the end. But, but we see that he repented and he, and, he, and he came back to the Father. I will arise, he said. He repented. Have we got another slide of repented up there? No. <clears throat> he said, I will arise. You've got to get up. There's action in it. He didn't stay where he was. He didn't say, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, it's not that bad here. I got pigs for company. I, I, you know, I'm okay. People worse off than me. <laughs> There's people who don't even have pigs. No, he says, I will arise, he said. Uh, he said. He took action. I'll go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned. He took, he took responsibility for his own sins. Isaiah 59, 2 says, your sins have separated you from your God. And so he said, I have sinned. He said, not only, Father, against you, but against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called a son. Make me like one of your highest servants. And so we see that he returned. He returned. I often think of the road that he went down when he left the Father. The road that he left down, he was disappointed, disillusioned. He came back disappointed, disillusioned, despairing, depressed, and defeated. The Bible tells us that John 10, 10 says, The enemy comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And he arose. Action came to the father and while he was a far way off the father was always looking out for him I pray that this church will have a heart that looks out for people you see when we prayed over that list of names that was given us by those who had been in the church a long time we started looking out we were praying in faith we were believing God we didn't know how they were going to come back we didn't even know where the people lived we didn't even know you know where, where everyone was but God knew. And as we called on God, and as we week after week we prayed, we started to see God doing great things. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned. See, we have a choice. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess, he, God, is faithful to forgive. Was the father with him when he was in the rebellious stage? No, but the father's heart was with him. He was a far away off from the father, but the father was looking out for him. He was looking out, looking. The path of rebellion became a path of restoration. The path of rebellion, you can write that down, Phil. Path of restoration became the pathway of restoration. And so we see that he was restored. He came back to father's house. Ephesians 2, 1 says, in, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know that word alive means to breathe again? Oh, sometimes people have struggled breathing in church. <gasps> you know, they don't enjoy the breeze of heaven sometimes. But I want to tell you that, that, that God wants the, his life to be real in our lives. He was back at Father. He had a place, Father's home. He felt he was received. He felt at home. Relaxed. No tension. I want to say to you, the people coming in, let them feel relaxed in your presence. 
that they have a sense of genuineness, genuine, genuine love, genuine relationship. It's not about numbers. Can I tell you that? It's not about numbers. It's not about numbers. What it's about is about Jesus in the midst and Jesus in his church through his people loving those whom that he, that he came to, to give his life for and rising again for and that through us he came to himself and so if there's anyone this morning in some of the, what I've said this morning time to come home you're hearing this word because it's time to come home stop making excuses it's not about the one on the right or the left or the person in front who's leading it's not about any of that it's just about you and Jesus he came to himself and so they celebrated this is what I wrote when I pray, was praying for Ammonford. Ammonford has a population, going by the last census of, in 2011, of 5,411 people. I guess by now it's probably up, maybe up to 6,000 people in Ammonford. But you know, the, the, the people outside are, are looking for authentic Christianity. Can I say this? Now, I understand the term because I've done it myself where you invite people to church, and I get that. But the heart of it is we invite them to Jesus, and he adds them to the church. And that's got to be our motive. It's not about making a name for ourselves. I said to someone years ago, I said, if I ever went back into the ministry and if I was, you know, like I first started out, I, I, we, we called the church New Life Christian Center, which is fine, going back in the day. But today, I would call it The Exchange. I had a big letters outside the church, The Exchange. And people can make of it what they want to, can call it a pub, a club, whatever, it doesn't matter, it's The Exchange. But it's a place where transaction is done where sinners get saved and exchange takes place from death to life. And so we see this, that, 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 that God wants, that when we have, the, you spoke about loving people, that when we have the Father's love in our hearts towards the people of Ammonford, you will, you will see what we read about in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. I believe that. Because it's the, that love... You know, when Jesus came and showed his love, he demonstrated the power of the kingdom of God. There are people in Ammonford who are disappointed, disillusioned, despairing, depressed, desperate, and defeated. And they're eating the pig's will of life. The heart of the Father for Ammonford is expressed through the local church. Not only this church, but all other churches that proclaim the gospel. In, in truth it is said about loving the people of Ammonford and I put a question there do you love do you have a love for the people of Ammonford you individually know not, not, not because Ruth said it but it's a genuineness in your heart and says you know I love the people of Ammonford that I'm prepared to get up and I'm praying for them 
I don't know who I'm praying for, but I'm going to pray that God will save my neighbors in my street. I'm going to pray that, that if I go to the school club or whatever or take my child to, to go to school, I'm going to pray for the mums that I meet. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to ask God, Lord, save them. When I was pastoring in my estate, it recently took on the church. I was in my car. I was at the traffic lights. Uh, at the, yeah, traffic lights at the pedestrian crossing there. I sat there. With that, this small man and uh, oh, it was a hot day, but he had a duffel coat on, and he had the hood right over, and he was about that tall. And I couldn't see his face, and, and something in my spirit said, Lord, you can save that man. And I began to fill everybody with tears, and I said, Lord, you can save him. What's he doing in a duffel coat on a hot day like today? And, and he's got it over his head, so he didn't want to be known, recognized, or whatever. I went home. I took that image of him with me. And I started to pray for him. I said, I don't know who he is, Lord, but Lord, you can save him. You can save him. Well, weeks went by. And a month or two went by. Do you know that one Sunday morning, who's in church but the very man that walked across and he gave his life to Christ? Roy, his name is. Roy is not the man you choose to stand at the front. But I tell you what, when we were doing Bible studies, I used to invite some of the new, the newer, you know, as they were growing in Christ, I'd say to someone, come and share what God has, has given you. You know, you come and share, midweek meeting, come and share. And they'd come up, but Roy, little Roy came up. And of all the people, because then the church was doing quite well, and I suppose we had about, um, I don't know, people attending that, that Bible study um, that we were nurturing to, to, to minister and things like that. I know there must have been 10, 15 of them there. But little Roy, little Roy came up and he stood at the lectern like that. And uh, he preached on shepherds and sheep. Of all the ministry that I had heard in those midweek meetings, his is the only message I can remember. You see what God can do when God's involved? When God speaks. I want to say to you, don't stand on the periphery of what God is wanting to do. Don't stand back and say, oh, let other people do it. You're all in it. And I'd say to you, you know, if you're not prepared to get involved, then I hope I might get into trouble for this. Pastor Phil, perhaps this isn't the church for you. Tough as that sounds. But I'm telling you this. You listen to what heaven is saying. You see, I say to pastors, I said, I, I want to be an echo of heaven and not an earthly repeat. I don't know what goes on in other parts of the country, but I'm seeking God for where I am and the fellowships that I, I am in relationship with. I, I'm, I'm seeking, I'm, I'm praying with pastors. I, I, I just, you know, believe in God for what they are believing God for. And I'm in trying to encourage them in, in some way but you know what? There's too many repeats, you know. Well, this is what they do in America, and I'm going to do it here. Oh, I say, go ahead. You may have a measure of success. I don't, I don't know, but I, I, just, I don't. I, the thing that happens is that this, that foundations don't get laid. You're building a prefab and not a house. Prefabs don't stand up in storms. 
So I, w- I want to finish with this. If there's anyone this morning, can I do it? If there's anyone here this morning, then perhaps something that I've said, then that you say, yeah. You've touched a chord in my heart. You said something that stuck to me. And I'd like to pray with you. And uh, because I, I, you know, I came in this morning and I was so excited. I was so excited with the worship. Because sometimes you can judge a church by the worship. And it's not about the songs, you know, I knew a few of those songs. We sing them. But it's, it's, it's just, I felt, yeah, you know what? God's here. God's here. And I, I want to say this, that no matter what people have said, stand firm. No matter what people have done, stand firm. And see the salvation of God. Just stand firm. Stand firm. Trust God. Trust the Holy Spirit. Because if this is being built by the God and by the Holy Spirit, it will not come down. No matter what storms may come against it. And sometimes you've got to, you know, I, as a pastor, there was a time when I had to say, I, I, people would, we go through this phase, every cycle so many. And, and in my stake, I added, I added quite a bit. When I took over from John Marshall, John, we had the building, and then six weeks later, John left, and then I, I, I became the pastor. And but I went through times, you know, where you, meetings are great, wonderful things are happening, even people getting saved. It was oh, it was exciting, and great. Then, and like a wave, it would come and wallop down on you, and you'd be absolutely floored. And as a pastor, you'd be down and say, "What have I done? What have I done?" And I said to God, I said, Lord, I've had enough. I'm packing it in. It was a midweek meeting. Bible study meeting. We had prayer and Bible study. And in that meeting, I said, Lord, you've got to do something. If you don't do it, I can't do this. You've got to show up for me. Because there's people out there who are, who, are, who, are not, who are not in line with what you want to do. And I'm doing my best. And I, and I believe in God that I am in line with what he wants to do. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, please do something. I don't, I don't know what, but do something. And the Lord said to me, what do you want me to do? And I go, oh, no, don't say things like that. It's like, because you are God. What do you want to tell me that for? And I can remember walking up and down the front of the church like this. People must have thought I was crazy. I was just gonna, But I'm arguing with God. It's, no, God, it's you. You've got to tell me. I'm not going to say it. You've got to say it. And inwardly, I'm talking to the Lord like that. And in the end, I stopped and I looked over the congregation and there were some new converts there, husband and wife. And I said, Lord, a couple could really do with you ministering to them because they're in a mess. They were new converts and I knew a bit of their history. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. I got nothing. I got no clever. I got nothing clever to say. And I remember they were sit, they were, the aisle was like this and they were sitting there at the second, the third row, right on the edge, and I said, I went up to them and I said, I said, I said, would you mind if I prayed with you? And um, I think the, 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 
Margaret, I think Margaret was, you were playing, or it might have been Andrew, I don't know, but playing uh, some chorus or something they were singing. So I go up to them. And uh, I said, let, let's pray. I said, let God, God's going to fix this. That's, you know, that's about as far as I could go. So I put hands on them like that, husband and wife. I said, Father, see these people here, Lord. Would you give them such a blessing, Lord, that they know that you are real and that you are almighty God in the situation that they're in. Do you know the power of God came down? And this was before people started falling under the Spirit, right? They flew back three rows. And I just put a light, light touch. I wasn't like, you know, like this. I was just a light touch. The power of God. What it did was this. Those who were not, were not for me, I'll put it like that. And there weren't many. We, we, well, there weren't many. Probably, you know, three or four people. But the enemy can take hold of three or four and really mess it up. And because I, I'm a, I was a young pastor and my, and my faith wasn't strong enough to come again, I couldn't take on three or four. But God did. And God could. And I trusted God. I trusted the Holy Spirit. And you know, after that, I never had a peep. And we had a good two years before I left, or three years of fruitfulness. The children's work exploded. We had two centers, 80 in each, in each group. We couldn't manage more than 80. We had to put bouncers on the door, say, sorry, you can't come in, it's full. We never had behavior problems because we had one rule, do what we do. If you don't like it, you can leave. But they knew that if they left, they'd have to go back to the queue that was waiting to come in. Up in Christ's era and in my stay. I say this, all of this to the glory of God. His kingdom come, his will be done. Done on earth as it is in heaven. So if I said anything to you, you know, I don't know. Perhaps you like the prodigal son. Perhaps you need to repent. Perhaps repentance needs to take place. You're not repenting to me or anybody else in this room. Who you're repenting to is to Jesus. But I can't, you know, if God don't tell me, I don't know. So, you know... I'm thankful that God doesn't give me these kind of revelations that, that, you know, it's only happened once or twice where God revealed something to me about somebody and it was heavy. That's the best way I can put it. And I'm glad of that because it, was, it scares me. But Pastor Phil, there's such potential in this room. I'm telling you now. And whatever voices outside are saying... It doesn't matter. It's the voice that's from above, not from the voice that's from below. The fire came from above, not from below. And that's what you do. And in spite of everything, you remember, he put, Elijah, he poured water all over it. Well, you don't do things like that if you want to fight, you want to impress people. Put water on my God, what a dumb thing to do. But no, he trusted God. He said, God is going to show up. And I believe that that the fellowship here. Um, you put that announcement on Facebook about the church change. The folks know that, yeah? Yeah. Callon, Heart, Heart Church. That's, a lovely, that's, a, that's lovely. And this is what God wants to give each, all of you. Be a Heart Church. 
a heart for people. The church has two visions. There's an internal vision and an external vision. There's an external vision for the lost and there's an internal vision for the building up of the saints of God. There's only two visions. And I believe that God wants to do that. I'm excited. Let's just bow our hearts before the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. <sighs> oh, you're such a wonderful Savior. You're such a great God. You're awesome, Lord. Father, I just thank you for, for this place and this house here that you've put in Ammonford, Lord. And Father, I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray, Lord, that the oil would flow from the head down through the body. And it is by the anointing the yoke is broken. The burden is broken. It's not your burden, it's his burden. He declares his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Trust God. Trust the Holy Spirit. Trust him. There's fresh oil every day for you. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Father, I just thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit, I pray, O oh God, bless your servant. Lord, and the servants that labor here. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, open their hearing, open their eyes to see and to hear what heaven is saying and what heaven is doing. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray, Lord, against every obstacle and every hindrance, Lord, that and frustration that the enemy has uh, come against this, this fellowship and against the leadership. Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray, oh God, that Lord, that where there have been, I, I just really sense, Father, that Lord, that where man, you know, Father, the governments of this area, Lord, are, are working against the church. The, the local authorities and, and that, there, there are things going on in the world, which, but it's directed at the church of Jesus Christ. It's happening everywhere. We see it. But Lord, we just thank you, O oh God, that mighty is our God. Mighty is our God. And so, Lord, I just pray, Father, that, Lord, that you would come, Lord, and confirm this word and open a door, Father, that, Lord, that your servants never even knew could be opened in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I praise you and I bless you, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.